Hello, welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Horizon Church in Allentown, Pennsylvania. We want to help people connect with God and connect with each other. If you'd like to know more about us, you can go to our website at horizonconnect.org. Enjoy. So this is a communion Sunday, by the way, and I just want to, in, in terms of making sure you're prepared when we're done, uh, this, when I'm done talking, we're going to take communion together, so you should be able to find these in the seats in front of you, so if you can grab one and, and be ready when the time comes. If you do not have one or can't find one, you can check behind you, or Kirk Kreveling has a, a tray available uh, in the back if you don't have any. For those of you at home, uh, if you're going to take communion with us, you can prepare um, and grab uh, something to drink and something to eat. And just so you know, if you have not been here when we've used these little fantastic, wonderful little communion devices, there's two little layers. You take the first layer off and there's a little wafer and then you take the second layer off and we'll take them one at a time when the time comes. So I want to pray, so would you all pray with me, please? Father, thanks for your presence in our lives and God, I want to pray now for your presence as we talk together. God, we are headed towards Thanksgiving, probably the most unusual Thanksgiving in any of our lives, corporately. And God, although a lot of people are doing quite well and have adjusted, I know, God, that there's a lot of people who are angry. And God, anger is going to prevent us from being grateful. So I pray, God, that you'll help us to be able to figure out how to navigate in a world in which anger is epidemic. I pray, God, that as we pay attention to Scripture, that you would help us to be faithful, whether we're talking or listening. Help us to hear truth and help us to hear you. And God, if there's anything that I say that's wrong, I pray that you will, through your spirit, guard us from being influenced the wrong way. But I also, God, am so grateful that you take truth and you shape us. You shape our worldviews, how we think. You shape how we live. I pray that you'll do that again today, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Early this Friday morning, just a couple days ago, and it was still dark, um, I sat down at my kitchen table with my raisin bran and my Bible and my journal, and I started my normal routine morning with God. I happened to be reading on Friday, Job, verse, Job chapters 4 through 7, which is pretty much irrelevant to what I'm going to say, but um, I just happened to love the book of Job and wanted you to know that. After I read chapters 4 through 7, I got my journal and I started what is my normal dialogue with God following scripture reading. And you can see that this is the day before on Thursday. You can see usually I fill a page, often a little bit more than a page in my dialogue. But on this Friday morning, after reading Job's 4 through 7, um, my page looks like this. I wrote simply, I'm not sleeping. COVID is winning. 
can't stop my mind, can't stop my anger. Then I put down my pen, stared out the window for a while, and went to work. Usually, after I write in my journal, I pray, but on Friday, I couldn't pray. I was just too angry to do anything else. COVID is winning, and I'm angry. We Christians have a very low tolerance for anger and for pain, and maybe we should. I don't know. Anger is a scary thing. I do not like feeling angry. Keeps me from praying. Robs me of joy. Makes me a person nobody wants to be around. And yet there is a surprising amount of anger in our Bibles, particularly in the book of Psalms. Psalms is the worship book of Israel. And for you and I, if I were to ask you to define worship and to describe what worship is, for most of us, just the very definition of worship would include phrases like inspiring, joyful, upbeat, uplifting. There is not much room in our worship for anger. So I think we'd be surprised by how much anger there is in the Psalms, the Hebrew book of worship, the book of worship Jesus himself used. I think anger is the elephant in the room in our praying in our joy, in our gratitude. We aren't always free to pray. We're not always free to be grateful, to trust, to hope, to hope in our lives to joy when we're angry. Jesus told us to love our enemies but before we love our enemies, we have to deal with our hatred. And so there is the book of Psalms. Before there is Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. He leads me beside quiet streams. Before there is Psalm 23, there is Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I cry out to you every day, my God, but you do not answer. If Psalms is a book of worship, what do you call it when you cry out your anger to God? You call it worship. Right now, maybe you do not need to do this, but right now, I need to pray my anger. So I want to take you to a psalm of white-hot 
anger. Psalm 137. But first, for this psalm to make any sense, I need to give you a little bit of history. Now, you'll get more history as we work our way through this psalm. But here's where we're going to start. About 2,600 years ago, in the year 587 B.C., the Babylonians destroyed the nation of the Jews. Now, this was not a quick event that didn't happen in a month or even one year. For years, the Babylonians had been harassing the Jews like a pack of wolves, eating a deer alive, biting off pieces, enjoying the blood, until finally they kill it. The Jews eventually, when it was all over, they were taken as slave prisoners back to Babylon. In Jewish history, this event is known as the Babylonian exile, or sometimes just the exile. The Jews lost their freedom, their economy, their loved ones, their temple, which was how they participated and practiced their faith. They lost their homes, they lost their nation. Now, this, dec- this exile would last for decades, so most of the Jews who were taken in the exile would never see freedom again. They'd never see their homes again. I wonder when it was when these Jews realized that normal was a long, long way away. The Babylonians committed genocide. They engaged in human trafficking in a national scale. And a neighboring country, a country that bordered Israel, a country called Edom, the Edomites had a long, long, bitter history with Israel. And so as Babylon was destroying the nation of Israel, the Edomites were celebrating. They cheered as Babylon raised Jerusalem to the ground. As they watched Israel die, the Edomites popped popcorn and enjoyed the show. So knowing that, I think you're now ready to hear how some Jewish slaves newly arrived in Babylon prayed their anger. Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our harps, hanging them on the branches of poplar trees, for our captors demanded a song from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn, sing us one of those songs of Jerusalem. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget how to play the harp. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I fail to remember you, if I don't make Jerusalem my greatest joy. O Lord, Remember what the Edomites did on the day the armies of Babylon captured Jerusalem. Destroy it, they yelled, level it to the ground. O Babylon, 
you will be destroyed. Happy is the one who pays you back for what you have done to us. Satisfied is the one who takes your babies and smashes them against the rocks. This isn't going to be pleasant. But to help us organize our minds, this prayer comes in three paragraphs. I'm going to title each paragraph and talk about them as we pray our anger. The first paragraph is in verses 1 to 4. My title is this. We do not like where we are. So this is a map. This is where Jerusalem is. That's where Babylon is. If you're walking, it's a walk of well over a thousand miles. The Jewish slaves would be settled in Babylon between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. It's a flat plain of an area. There were systems of canals that crisscrossed this flat plain, and somewhere between those rivers and those canals, the newly arrived exiles, the slaves, sat down and they wept. They hung up their harps and they refused to sing. There's actually some reliefs that survived that are carved on the walls of Assyria and Babylon that survive today, and these reliefs show pictures of victorious soldiers prodding the slaves with swords. These are Hebrew slaves. Three of these Hebrew slaves are carrying harps. You can see the frowns on the faces of the Hebrews. The frowns are obvious, and it appears that the slaves are being taunted and mocked. Sing us one of your happy hymns, why don't you? Go ahead, sing us one of your praise songs. In the ancient world, and I suppose even in the world today, people tend to think that their own God is always the strongest and the best. So if your nation loses a war and was being taken into slavery, it was very common for the victors to say, I guess your God wasn't quite up to it, was he? But go ahead, sing your worship songs anyway. Maybe our God, the stronger God, will like your worship songs. Maybe not. Maybe he'll kill you. But go ahead, sing us one of your praise songs. By the rivers of Babylon we sat down and wept. We put away our harps. How can we sing songs to the Lord in a pagan land? We do not like where we are. Now I confess that COVID is not Babylon. Babylon was a kingdom. It was people. It was a thinking, planning, scheming enemy. COVID has no plan to conquer, to take slaves. 
But the exile in Babylon was so horrendous, it was so defining for the Jewish people that for the rest of biblical history, biblical authors would take the word Babylon and they would use it as a symbol for evil, having to go through destruction. John did it in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, Babylon is Rome, a symbol for Rome and the persecution of Christians by Rome, where Christians were being fed alive to lions or being burned alive at night to light the circuses of Caesar. So maybe it isn't fair. Maybe I'm just whiny. But I don't like where we are. I don't like where we are. I'm angry. I'm angry that the whole world is under this invisible, oppressive, evil thumb. So I pray my anger. This may not be biblical at all, but Father, I'm angry. I'm angry about what I think of now as the leadership class of elites who stage photo ops wearing masks so that they can tell us we can't get haircuts, can't gather with more than 10, can't see our loved ones in care centers where we now know from experience they will wither away and die. And after our leaders tell us that in a photo opportunity wearing a mask, within a week, videos will emerge of those same leaders in hair salons, maskless, in crowded bars with packs of friends, maskless, moving their loved ones out of care centers because they know ahead of time what's coming. And then they have the classless courage to blame the hair salon, the bar, the care center. Father, I do not like where we are, and I am angry. I'm angry for a whole generation of students who are losing what they will never get back. For countless teachers who are being torn apart every day between parents and guidelines that change by the minute and they can't possibly keep up. I'm angry that one more time in our world, it is the least of these who will suffer the most. I'm angry that people keep telling me that the only way to love is to wear a mask. But what about when it's not? What happens when a young, emaciated, thin girl knocks on your church parking lot door with the face that is all red and splotchy and eyes red from crying and snot collecting below her nose, in clothing that is too big and too old, and when she walks in the door of your church, she says, I walked by your sign offering help. I need help. And in 30 seconds, you hear the horror of how a boyfriend kicked her out 
how she's been living outside for the summer, but now it's gotten too cold. And although she was terrified to go back home, she went back home to her parents where she had ran away from last year because her dad sexually abused her, but now she has nowhere to go and it is too cold to sleep outside. So she went back home and on the very first night home, her dad came into her room once again at night. And so she ran away two days ago, but it is just too cold outside. Can you help? Would you say to her, well, first of all, can you wear a mask? And I will go get mine. Or would you put your arm around her and sit down beside her, less than the required six feet away, give her tissues and say, yeah, we can help. And would you then decide that the next time you see a post telling you that the only way to love is to wear a mask, do you decide then, well, I guess I will just silently bear the guilt? Because I don't think the people making those posts have any idea what's going on out there. Because most of us have homes and families to go home to. So I will silently bear the guilt because I don't think they even know. Father, I am just so, so angry. I do not like where we are. And so by the rivers of Babylon, I will sit down and weep. I can't sing the praise songs we sing in the land where I now live. Paragraph 2, verses 5 and 6. Remembering is hope. These weeping Jews made a vow. They said to themselves, We will not forget you, O Jerusalem. In fact, in those two sentences, they actually call down curses upon themselves if, in fact, they forget. Now, I think you need to know, depending on the Bibles that you're reading from, it wasn't the city, Jerusalem, they were choosing to remember. It was their faith. It was their life with God. In fact, your Bibles might actually read a little bit differently. Your Bibles, instead of this, the word Jerusalem, it might read Mount Zion. That's actually what was written there, Mount Zion. And Mount Zion, for the Israelite people, was more than a place, it was a symbol in Scripture. It was a symbol for their God who dwelled with them, with his people. And these weeping Jews were pledging, God, we will not forget you. We will remember. There's a hopeful thing that we need to know about this remembering of these weeping Jews. It was in exile that the Jewish people became what we now call the people of the book. Their temple was lost. 
they could no longer be the people of the temple. Their whole sacrificial system was based on the temple. They could no longer be the people of the sacrificial system. And so it was during this exile that synagogues came into being. And they would begin to be a people who would be devoted to God, not through sacrifice, but through knowing him in Scripture. And they would become the people of the book in exile. Babylon would be the people of military power. Babylon would be the people of riches, the people of wealth. Babylon would be the people of pride. Israel, the people of the book. And today, Babylon is dust. Babylon is ruins. And Israel is. Remembering is hope. So for you and I, in just a few minutes, we will be called upon to remember Remembering is hope. Which leads to the final paragraph, paragraph 3, verses 7 to 9. Pray your anger. This paragraph is one of the most troubling paragraphs in all of Scripture. Here in the worship book of Israel is this last line. Satisfied is the one who takes your babies and smashes them against the rocks. Many people actually refuse to read that paragraph in public or preach it. Throughout history, a lot of people have tried to spiritualize that last sentence away. Some have said, well, babies is a symbol for sin just getting born in our lives. We need to stop those sins before they ever get started. Nope. Babies is what they are. Helpless newborns. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 52, you can actually read the history of what happened when Babylon captured Jerusalem. The king of the Jews, a man named Zedekiah, along with his family, escaped the city of Jerusalem. He was fleeing the Babylonians, but he was ultimately caught in the valley of Jericho. Zedekiah and his family, when they were caught, they were taken into the presence of the king of Babylon. The king of Babylon ordered that all of Zedekiah's children be brutally slaughtered as Hezekiah was forced to watch. And then the king of Babylon ordered that Zedekiah's eyes be gouged out so that the death of his children was the last thing he would ever see. This is scripture, by the way. If we want our children and our friends to read scripture, this is in there. It isn't hidden. 
It's there. The Babylonians, when they raised the city of Jerusalem, as they often did, they did exactly this to infants and toddlers, to the people they were defeating. For the Babylonians, to do this to children, it was victory. It was rule by terror. When these angry, weeping Jews were praying, what they were praying for was vengeance. God, pay them back. What they did to us, may it happen to them. May it happen to them. If it happened to you, what would you pray? Many, many years later, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament would write this verse. Do not take vengeance. Leave room for God's wrath. I will repay. It is mine to avenge, says the Lord. Sometimes we remember just the burden of the first half, the do not take vengeance. And we forget the freedom of the second half. This is exactly the prayer of these weeping Jews. God, avenge your people. Pay them back. Do to them what they did to us. What would you pray? A woman who is a psychosexual counselor and who works with survivors of incest and rape says that these survivors find enormous comfort in the truth of God's wrath and the promise of judgment. These survivors need to know that the horrific cruelty they experienced will not go on forever. It's easier for them to forgive, to live at peace, to have hope and to heal when they believe that vengeance belongs to God. And it causes me to ask and to wonder, is there such a thing as justice without judgment? Is it possible to be clean with not act without actually dealing with the dirt? There are people, many people even in the church, who do not really like the cross they say, why doesn't God just forgive? Why the horror of the cross? After all, we have to just forgive. Why not God? My guess is those people don't really understand the full extent of evil. If what needs to be forgiven is just the neighbor who lets his dog poop in your yard, or the little lies we tell because it's 
just more convenient to tell a small lie and say, well, I did respond, didn't you get my text, than it is to tell the truth. If what we're forgiving is just our petty grievances and our petty hurts and our impatience and giving a finger to the driver who cut you off, then, yeah, maybe the cross is excessive. Maybe the nice, pleasant, small, little lives that many of us are living is the reason that we think the cross is excessive. Maybe we have built such nice, safe lives that we don't know anymore that evil truly exists. that there are today still people who do horrific things to babies. But now that we know, when we pray our anger with these weeping Jews, maybe now we know that there is evil, true horrific, mind-boggling evil. And someone has to pay. Is there justice without judgment? I don't know how to pray for justice in a world of COVID. COVID did not scheme and plot to hurt me, to ruin lives, to isolate us, to kill us, but it has done just that. And I hate it. And I'm angry. I'm not sleeping. COVID is winning. I can't stop my mind. I can't stop my anger. By the rivers of Babylon, I will sit down and weep. And I will remember. Remembering is hope, after all. I will remember. Let's pray and then do just that. Father, there is something that has entered all of our lives, all across this world. For many of us, it has been inconvenient. But for many, it's been horrific. God, I hate where we are. And I'm angry. 
So God, I freely tell you I'm angry. I'm angry at this broken world. I'm angry at what we have done to each other. I'm angry at how how we've let this come between us. So God, I choose to remember. Once long ago, you, knowing that there is no justice without judgment, you slipped into this world in human skin. You faced down evil in the person of Jesus you surrendered your life and then you asked us to remember so I pray God that in the next few moments we would be people who can remember and find hope in doing it I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So would you take, please, your communion, and if you're gathered at home with us, um, do the same. Is there anyone who needs one who wants to participate? Take a few moments and just uh, gather, take out the little wafer, please. I've found that for me, my anger is the elephant in the room when wanting to be grateful. Hard to say thank you when I'm angry. But we're moving towards Thanksgiving, many of us. It'll be a different Thanksgiving. Some of us are angry because of who won't be there who we can't be with. If anger is the elephant in the room, then pray your anger, but also remember. Remember that there's a Savior, a Savior who entered this world, stood face to face with evil, and one. So, would you, in obedience to Jesus Christ, remember that there was a night he said, friends, whenever you eat this, this is my broken body. Would you take his broken body and eat and remember him?
blood, such an ugly thing. Who likes to see blood? If there's horrific evil in our world that can't be dismissed just with a wave of the hand, maybe blood was necessary. Maybe it's necessary for someone to die. And so there's blood. And Jesus said that through his shed blood, there is now a new covenant being made between God and his people. A covenant of grace and truth and peace and joy. But we never get there except through blood. So would you take and drink and remember the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Let's pray, and then we'll have a chance to finish with a song. So would you pray with me, please? God, thank you. Thank you, God, that we do not have to be ashamed of our anger, but we can pray it. God, I simply pray, I pray that we would know that you're big enough to hear it and that you give us the ability to remember and be people of hope even in the midst of angry times. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about Horizon Church, please go to the website of horizonconnect.org. Have a great week.